thank you for joining me for Balance Black Girl today. I can hardly believe we are in our second to last episode of the Modalities of Healing series. This might be one of my favorite series that I've done. I've just really loved having these conversations and even getting to talk to you all about these episodes after they come out has just been such a gift. We have discussed a lot over the past five weeks and my perspective on what it means to heal has shifted in so many ways. Right now, we're also kicking off our Summer Solstice Journaling Challenge, which is a mid-year journaling reset to help us get realigned and refocused on our goals and intentions to have an amazing second half of the year. And it's not too late to join us. You can head to balanceblackgirl.com slash solstice, which is also linked in the show notes. It's free to join and you can start journaling with us right away. That's going to be a beautiful supplement to these healing conversations. So today's episode is really, really important to me because we're talking about healing through our relationship with nature. And this has actually been brought up a few times in previous episodes. In our initial episode of the series with Ashley Curtis, she talked a lot about connecting with the earth and cleansing and connecting with water to heal energetically. Dr. Asia Muhammad talked about nature and its relationship to the microbiome. And this episode in particular was really important for me to do because it's something that I've had a really big change of heart over the past few years. So for my teenage and adult life, I had been a self-proclaimed city girl, even though I'm from the Pacific Northwest, which is a region that is known for its outdoorsy culture. I spent a lot of my life actually rejecting it and almost resenting it. And I realized that that actually had nothing to do with the outdoors itself. It it was largely related to people, people that I knew who I spent time around and was often not treated very well by, I'll be honest, it was microaggression city, (laughs) were often very outdoorsy. And well, I mean, a lot of people in the Pacific Northwest are, but for me, I began associating the outdoors with those people. It was often like old classmates in college and roommates who just treated me awful. And I just wanted nothing to do with any of it. But I eventually came to realize that the outdoors had nothing to do with that for those people, for how they treated me, for their microaggressions towards me. That was all their own internalized anti-blackness that truly had nothing to do with me. And it truly had nothing to do with the outdoors and the outdoors being for me, just like it was for anyone else. Over the past few years, being in a new environment and really questioning a lot of my own beliefs about my own limits and what I thought I could or could not do or what is or what is not for me, I've actually connected with nature in an entirely new way to the point where going outside, getting fresh air, putting my feet in the grass, going on hikes, these are now all very important parts of my life. And me from five years ago would not believe it, <laughs> would not believe it. I've also realized that having access to fresh air and grass to put my feet in, being surrounded by trees is such a privilege. And I wasn't appreciating it, that I I was actually really taking that for granted. And it's been a big part of my own healing to realize that the outdoors belong to everybody. Now, listen, I'm still a city girl. I'm not climbing Mount Everest. I'm not out here like that. That's not my ministry. (laughs) But spending intentional time outside every day, putting my bare feet in the grass to connect to the earth, 
spending time near water. These are all now really important wellness practices for me. And I'm so much more open to those experiences outdoors than I ever was before. Earlier this year, I actually went forest bathing for the first time, which you stay clothed. I know the name could be a little off-putting, but it really just means meditating and being quiet and still while outside. And it was such a beautiful practice. I had a guided forest bathing experience in Northern California on a vineyard surrounded by the redwoods, and it was incredible. Forest bathing actually originated in Japan in the 1980s to really help Japanese people who were really succumbing to the stress of corporate America. Um, and I learned that nature is not a nice to have when I started learning about forest bathing. It's really a must have for physical health and longevity. Now, nature does not have to mean going in the woods. It can mean having plants. It can mean opening a window. It can mean putting your feet in the grass or in the sand. But we really can't overstate the importance of time in nature. In modern society, many of us spend over 93% of our time indoors, which is correlated to what's called nature deficit disorder and can make us more susceptible to lifestyle diseases and ailments. In a 2018 study by the Archives of Psychiatric Nursing indicated that being in nature can reduce feelings of isolation and promote calm. And hello, what did we talk about in last week's episode? We talked about the importance of belonging and reducing isolation for overall health. So connecting with nature in whatever way we can is so important. Nature is just as much ours as it is anyone else's, and we have every right to safely connect with and explore. But there have also been really valid reasons as to why many of us in our community haven't yet explored nature, which often comes down to safety and accessibility. However, we're beginning to have more options and options related to community, shout out to last week's episode, uh, that are helping us explore and feel safe and connected doing so. And I really hope that today's episode will encourage you to do just that. Our guest today is Toyan Ajayi, founder of Outdoorsy Black Women. Toyan is an entrepreneur, community builder, and creative who is helping Black women connect with nature and one another through her safe space that embodies positivity, celebration, and resources. Outdoorsy Black Women is a community for Black women to connect, celebrate, and open our minds to an outdoorsy lifestyle. And she's so kind and infectious, and hearing her talk about the healing that can be found through nature and community is so inspiring. So let's talk about healing through nature with Toyin. Toyin, welcome to Balance Flat Girl. I'm super happy to have you here. Thank you for having me. Definitely a pleasure just to talk with other dope black women. <laughs> oh my god, that's that's the goal. That's what that's what we do. <laughs> you have such warm energy, so like it's like a big hug right now, which is great. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. I feel the same coming from you. I'm like we're I think we're on opposite sides of the country. Are you in Atlanta? I well, I'm in is Georgia right now. Of? So you know, full time RV. Okay. But I'm in Georgia yes. and excited to talk. We about will definitely that. get into that. So, and I think, are you on the West Coast? I am. Okay, I'm so in California. That's yeah, it's cool. <laughs> but it's yeah. cool that we can yeah. do this. So we can still like, we can still feel that. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, that's so cool. Love still it. feel the energy from across the country. <laughs> Plus, with everything going on, so right? I'm excited to talk to you today. Yeah, let's go. Oh yeah, I mean, 
it's, I don't even know how to describe even the week that we're recording this. I feel like this week has just been really charged. We're coming off of the tragedy in Buffalo. Obviously, we know what the state of reproductive rights are. There's just a lot going on. So I feel like when we're able to just connect and flow and almost take a little break from that, it is so needed. I think even based on what, like just what you're talking about, I can definitely talk about the ways that I stayed balanced this past week just because there was so much going on. And, you know, as Black people, we're still expected to function. I had that talk with a couple of other people and I said, you know, the thing about it is between the pandemic as a whole, society is already traumatized and we're all kind of just in this perpetual state of PTSD right now. But then as Black people, we have other layers that we have to contend with, violent layers that we are constantly having to contend with. And then as Black women, you know, we have to fight for our right in humanity, you know, as humans. And, but we also have to fight as Black people. So there's just so many layers. It's one of the great things about being a Black woman, but we get a lot of it. (laughs) We get a lot. And, you know, that's why safe spaces like what you're doing and what, what I do are very necessary. So I appreciate your work too. Oh, yes, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. And what I appreciate about your work particularly is how rooted in community you are. Like you are really out here connecting Black women with one another and connecting Black women with the earth, which is just talk about healing. You know, that's our theme on the on the podcast right now is healing, but fresh air, touching the earth, being out in nature is probably one of the most healing things that we can do. So I I really appreciate what you're doing in the world with outdoorsy black women. Thank you so much. It's interesting that you you bring that up because we just had our wine and waterfalls weekend and it was a camp out glamp out which We had a ton of first-time campers out there, but, you know, the feeling that those women and I had, we all had, like, a release probably on that last day. Just a myriad of emotions from feeling just healed and feeling just joy for having that sisterhood and, you know, being able to connect with the earth because we did yoga on the last day outside no music or anything, just birds. And there's like a stream that was nearby. So it was, it was amazing. It was amazing. That sounds absolutely beautiful. Doing yoga outside is truly one of my, my favorite things to do. And it's not even something that I really had experience doing until very recently. But it is such a, it just really takes the practice of yoga to the next level when you're able to get fresh air. It changes that dynamic. The birds, when you're doing yoga in the grass. Yeah, like, yes. It, there's just something about it. Cause honestly, like I, I was telling someone just, there's so much that you miss when you're constantly moving. And, you know, I mentioned earlier, I'm a full time RVer and just taking those moments to really lay still and soak up the energy around you and kind of just take that time to listen to nature. We don't really take a lot of time to do that often. So I've been like, I'll grab a blanket and I'll put it outside the camper 
And what I realize is I can hear everything better. I can smell everything better. Like even the tiniest of flowers, like I can smell like their fragrance and I'll hear the bugs louder than normal. Like, so then when you do something like yoga and you're stretching and you're really just connecting, it takes it to the next level. Like you said. Oh, absolutely. I love what you just described about being able to see things better, being able to hear things better. It reminded me of that anxiety exercise that's very common. Anybody who's been to therapy probably knows, you know, identify something you can see, identify something you can touch, Mm -hmm. and how we do that to calm ourselves down. But doing that outside with nature just sounds so nourishing to the the nervous system. It, you know, it takes it to another place because I mean, when you speak about anxiety, I actually am someone who deals with anxiety and I also deal with depression. So one of the reasons why I wanted to spend so much time outdoors and a a major reason I wanted to start Outdoorsy Black Women was to be able to get us connected with the outdoors again and give us that peace and that clarity because there is something very healing about being in nature. And for me, with my depression, I feel like I don't deal with, I deal with it, right? Obviously. And I think it's a, it's a lifelong thing, but I don't find myself staying in ruts as longer, as long as I used to. And I found other ways to kind of manage it. So like you said, whether it be meditating outdoors or just sleeping with the door open and letting the, <laughs> let's, I don't recommend it everywhere, but I'll do that. And I'll just have, whether it's raining sometimes and I just want to sleep with the camper door open or lay outside, look at the stars. A lot of that helps. Another thing that I've gotten into more recently is grounding. So I, yeah, I, I will take off my shoes and depending on where I am, I'll just walk outside and and really just get a chance to kind of connect with the earth. And it if you're not familiar with it, it sounds what woo-woo at first. And then, but for me, the first <laughs> time I did it and kind of allowed myself to really connect, I felt the energy between me and the earth. Like I could feel it. One of my girlfriends, she tells me I'm really sensitive anyway, but because I'll sometimes I'll, I'll be able to feel like, I guess, movements in the earth. I just, I have a lot of sensitive energy. So, but yeah, it, it makes a difference. It, it definitely does. Oh, absolutely. It, for anybody who's not familiar with the the practice of grounding or even in some spaces I've seen it called earthing, it's yeah. essentially just bare feet on the earth, whether that's grass, dirt, sand, the beach, mm-hmm. a body of water. And there's been a lot of research that shows the mental and physical benefits of it, that it um, helps regulate your nervous system, that it helps improve your immune system. And we can link to some resources there, but I love that you mentioned that that's part of your Mm self-care practice. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because it is something that is so accessible, right? right? Just being able to go outside and put your feet on the earth. and it it gets us back to those kind of core elements of healing. It's not something we're served an Instagram ad to do. It's, we don't need to buy right, anything. Right. It's not, you know, <laughs> anything like that. That's kind of how it started for me, to be honest with you, because um, getting out here, I've had a lot of 
a lot of things shift in my lifestyle and you don't recognize the shift is happening that much. So when I first left Atlanta and when I started my RV journey, I didn't go back to Atlanta for, again, for probably about five months. I think it was maybe like five, six months. And the first time I made it back to Atlanta, when in the city, my asthma was really bad. Like I was having trouble breathe, hard time mm-hmm. breathing and I was getting headaches. And I realized I had been out in, in nature for this amount of time. I've been drinking well water. So like my body had adjusted and now I love, okay. So anybody who's a vegan, vegetarian, no, no, no problems thing here, but I do love my burger still. <laughs> and, but what I, <laughs> but what I recognized is in this lifestyle, I don't eat meat as much. It just isn't something I do. Cause I don't go like to fast food that often. I cook a lot more in my camper. I have a residential size refrigerator. So I do find myself cooking a lot more vegetables and just like if I do eat uh, meat, it's usually like chicken or fish, but I don't get a lot of red meat. So what I recognized is now when I do eat red meat, my body reacts. (laughs) And so there's a, there's definitely a shift that's happening in it's it's an interesting thing because like I said, it only took one part of my life to change for me to kind of just make like these sudden, like these small incremental changes. Being out here, I wanted to support more black owned farms. So I've been going to local farmers markets, I've been buying local honey and then, you know, organic, you know, vegetables and eggs. This is so interesting, but I had farm fresh eggs for the first time, like in a while, like, and it was a couple months back. And I just was like, these taste way better than store-bought. And you just don't realize <laughs> what we're actually missing out on because there is a price that comes with things having to be preserved, right? We're missing flavor, yeah. but we're also missing a lot of the good nutrients and things that come from things being fresh. You know what I mean? So. I can definitely see the difference for sure. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I'd love to to take a step back and learn a little bit more about your journey up to this point. Have you always been outdoorsy? Have you always been attracted to the outdoors <laughs> or was that something that evolved over time? I I'm I'd probably say that I've always been outdoorsy. So I'm originally from London, half Nigerian, half Ghanaian, born in England, raised in Atlanta. So my aunt had this huge garden and there was a lot of different like plants and my neighbor was a gardener. So I would garden with him or her neighbor was a gardener. I would garden with him all the time. And there were animals that would come through there all the time, like foxes, like I'm talking about just big animals. And I spent a lot of time in her garden. And that was really where I developed my love for nature. Like they could never get me to come inside. (laughs) And I was constantly saving animals. The vet knew me by name. And like I said, (laughs) you know, I've I've said this before, but some of my family members would call me Snow Black. So because I was out there saving, (laughs) saving animals. But yeah, it's something that I had a love for at a young age. And then it kind of, you know, life takes you away from it. 
And, you know, I, I think maybe about seven years ago, could have been longer, I started to feel like a pull pulling me back to nature. And it was wanting to go tiny. And, and then it was, okay, well, maybe I can do van life. And then it was all these things. I just knew that I had to get out of the city. Like, I don't, I just had that feeling that I had to. And when the pandemic hit, I just thought, you know, life is too short for me to keep pushing this off. So I went ahead and ordered my camper. And as I, as I thought about like, okay, I'm going to be going on the road. I started looking to my community of other black women who were RVers and recognizing at the time there was a lot of racial tension with the election coming up. So most of us were looking for safe spaces to go camping or just whether you're a van lifer and looking for safe places to go in general. So that's where the need for the outdoorsy black women community really stemmed from. But, you know, the love of nature, as I'm out here, I recognize how much I missed it and how much I needed it. To be honest with you, wherever there's water, I'm game. And, you know, which is why Wine and Waterfalls became a thing, just because I love water so much and I know how healing it is. So, yeah, it's I'm excited to be out here. (laughs) Yes, yes. Okay. I want to dig into a couple of different parts here because I think a lot of your story is very relatable, even for people who may not, you know, be on the, the van life trajectory for most people as kids playing outside (laughs) is just pure joy. Like I remember as a kid during the summer being at my granny's house with my cousins, you could not get us in the house. All we wanted to do was be outside, whether that was playing in the dirt, Mm -hmm. riding our bikes all around. It's just like, as a child, you just, you go outside, you run, you play your dirty. And the one water hose. You smell like outside. That's what what you had, the water hose to drink from. (laughs) That you're all drinking from. Right, because your your mom is like, look, if you come in the house, you got to stay in the house and nobody's willing to risk it. So like the water hose. (laughs) Right. Exactly. We just, we stay outside, we make it work. And a big part of growing up as we get older, as we advance in our schooling, as we start working, we don't have summer vacations anymore. We get this disconnect. And I think a lot of people have probably felt like something was missing and maybe didn't know what, and they may have felt that pull to nature, but didn't know what it is or didn't maybe have that call as clearly as you did. And we're now starting to be able to identify like, oh, that's what that is. I miss fresh air. I miss maybe a little bit of dirt, but it's okay. (laughs) Oh man, you know what? I'm glad that you said that because I think that's another thing that we've kind of gotten to this place. So I have this thing where I attract ladybugs. Um, I attract butterflies too, but there was a point where ladybugs just stayed in my camper. Like I'm talking like a hundred ladybugs. If I left, they were. So I think once you start, yeah. And they were following me everywhere. So I would go to like a hotel and there's ladybugs there. Like, okay, you just followed me. But what I, what I found is (laughs) like, we get to a place and it's like, oh, dirt. You know what I mean? Oh, bugs. But once you kind of get to a place where you coexist with nature and you recognize that everything has its space you don't really worry about a lot of the things that you think you're going to worry about. So I know like 
a lady asked me, she was like, what about spiders? Do you see a lot of spiders? And it's like, to be honest with you, I have I have not seen a spider <laughs> in my camper. Like I haven't had to deal with spiders in here. I've had the ladybugs and there were a ton of them. And I literally was taking jars and putting them in the jar and putting them outside the camper. I used to joke at one point that they must think it's like their summer vacation home because they knew it was a yeah. safe space. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that, like you said, not being afraid of the dirt. Like the only way that you're even going to be able to do any earthing or grounding is if you recognize that that dirt is not necessarily dirty. You know, mud is not necessarily dirty. It's what grows our food. You know what I mean? And, and it's just kind of like once you start to make that shift, then you feel a lot more comfortable in those outdoor spaces. Mm -hmm. Yes. I love what you said about dirt not being dirty, mud not being dirty, <laughs> and coexisting with those elements. It's important. So I'd love to talk about your inspiration in creating outdoorsy Black women. Like a big part of your mission is to build community among Black women and to create a safe space for us to open our minds to being outdoorsy. Why is it so important that we be open to spending time outdoors and being in nature? I would say, I think it's because we're missing out on so much if we're, if our minds are closed. Like, I mean, this earth is vast and imagine not getting a chance to go to different oceans around the, the globe or even witnessing what the top of a mountain peak looks like or, you know, getting to experience sunrises, different places. So it's really just about making sure that we don't miss out on what is for us, like we belong here. This earth belongs to us too. And I think for so long, Black people as a whole have been told that they don't belong in the outdoors or that's not something that Black people do. When in fact, you know, the first park rangers were Black people, the Buffalo soldiers. And, you know, you start hearing about the first Black person to make it to the top of Mount Everest was a Black woman. So you hear these stories, and I've even heard stories about some of the first scuba divers were Black people. So it's just changing those narratives and, and reconnecting us to spaces that already belong to us and allowing us to really live out our lives in a way that is healthy and, again, balanced. Because if you're doing all of this work and you're not getting a chance to kind of reconnect and decompress with nature... It's part of why we're so stressed all the time. And again, like you said, why we feel like something is missing. So a lot of us, we, we feel that when we go to beaches, right? And I tell people all the time, I'm like, most of our cookouts and family, family reunions are outdoors. So it's not like we're not outside people. But I do think that it's easy to think it's not for you if you don't see yourself represented. And that's why a space like Outdoorsy Black Women is really important. In creating it, one of the things I noticed is there were Black women out there who were beekeepers and equestrians and skiers and campers, and they were doing these things, but they're so spread out, so they don't really know that they're out there doing it together. And that was why it was important to create like a one community where we can all connect and inspire each other. So that was my inspiration. <laughs> 
okay, can we get three snaps for just the history you just gave us? I was taking notes about like, I'm like, I need to learn about the Buffalo soldiers. I need to learn about this person who climbed, this black woman who climbed Sophia Mount Everest. I need to learn about the history of scuba right. divers. Yeah, Sophia Dannenberg. <laughs> Amazing. It's it's just, there's so much that we've done. Like, I and I'm still learning. And every time I learn, I'm like, man, okay. We already knew we were dope. Let's be real. But the more you learn and you pull back those layers, I'm like, man, like we need to know this so that we can really be who we are as people. Because there's a lot that's been hidden from us. And I tell people all the time, I'm like, well, I completely understand that there's also elements of history that have made us rightfully so nervous about going into outdoor spaces. But Another reason why having a community like Outdoorsy Black Women is important, it's so that we don't have to go into those spaces alone. We can do it together. Absolutely. Absolutely. What you mentioned about there there already being Black people and Black women in these spaces, but just spread out and not realizing that there was a, a connecting point together is so important because how many times in our lives have we heard these very definitive statements about what Black people don't do? Right. We don't camp. We don't ski. We don't swim. We don't X, Y, Z. Some don't. I'll be honest. I don't do a lot of those things, but <laughs> just because I don't do them doesn't mean that other black people do. don't do right. them or that, you know, we each have these, these bits and pieces of things that we do. But when we're able to find that connecting point to connect with other people who do do those things, it's so powerful. Yeah. And I think, you know, with Wine and Waterfalls, it was so funny because there was a lady who she came with her girlfriend and they were both staying in an RV. And when she got there, she said, I will never be a tank camping person. It's just not for me. And on the last night she stayed in a tent and said she had some of the best sleep ever and that now she's going to go buy herself a tent. So, you know, with her, something she said was, I figured that if there was going to be a safe space to try out tent camping, this was the best place to do it. And that's exactly what I want to provide for Outdoorsy Black Women members. I want them to know that, you know what, you have your sisters, whether it be wanting to know the best places to camp, wanting to know how to learn how to camp, or starting homesteading, all of these things, you have a community that is behind you and has resources and is also going to offer you support. The same thing happened when we did our waterfall hike. Some people had hiked before. Some people had never hiked before. And honestly, like, I'm not going to lie. It almost made me cry because for the people who were, you know, on the tail end of the hike, there was, I mean, there was no scripting. There was no, oh, let's do this. It just instinctively women came together and started just hyping them up and, and clapping for them and encouraging them to make it up that last leg to come up to the, to the top of the waterfall. So. Yeah, that's what this community is about. And it really, like I said, is about sisterhood and making sure that we are taking care of each other. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Hearing that, it just, it warms my heart thinking about it being a safe space for curiosity, a safe space for beginners. If someone hasn't camped before or hasn't hiked before, but maybe they're interested, right. it, it sounds like a really safe space for people to try and to ask mm -hmm. questions and to be supported. And that in and of itself is so important. I love that. Thank you. 
Today we're talking about connecting with nature and the power of being present. Do you know what can help you feel even more tapped in and present? A regular meditation practice, my friend. And if you're looking for support, check out my favorite meditation app, Open. Open is a digital mindfulness platform combining breathwork, meditation, and movement. There are a lot of guided meditations that can feel really stiff and corporate and personal, but the meditations on Open feel so supportive and nourishing. Their instructors are fantastic. Whether you're a new or seasoned meditator, I know you'll love dropping in and being guided by their amazing community. I usually do a meditation that is 10 minutes or less in the mornings, and they have amazing meditations for everything from anxiety relief, Sunday scaries, and cultivating focus, and they're just so good. The other thing I've been loving on open are their movement classes. You may know that I'm now a certified yoga teacher and I'm very picky about the yoga classes I take. I don't like taking just any yoga classes, but lately my practice has exclusively consisted of taking classes from open. Their flows are so well done. The instructors are supportive and encouraging, and they have a ton of classes for all levels, including a very inviting beginner yoga series that I highly recommend if you're new to yoga or want to reconnect with your body. With Open, you can take unlimited live and on-demand classes for breath work, meditation, yoga, Pilates, and more. Open also partners with musicians, producers, sound designers, DJs, and curators to co-create classes for an immersive experience that takes you deeper into your practice. I'm telling you, this is the app you need to support your journey, and I'd love if you join me for a class. Open is giving Balanced Black Girl listeners 30 days free when you visit open-together.com slash balanced. Yes, that is 30 days of unlimited meditation, yoga, breath work, and Pilates classes. It is incredible. So you do not want to miss this. Again, you can join me on open by going to open-together.com slash balanced. Let me know what you think. And I can't wait to see you in class. I think the other thing is just recognizing that you can do the outdoors in any way that's comfortable for you. So whether it's getting a hammock and reading your book in the hammock, that's also you're getting to breathe that fresh air. Gardening. There are so many black women that garden that don't consider themselves outdoorsy. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, you're outside gardening. Yes. So that's part of being outdoorsy. <laughs> and like I said, we went to vineyards and it, again, it was just showing there there are so many ways that you can experience the outdoors. I'm going to the beach next week. So I plan <laughs> I plan on getting my time in with the ocean, but yeah, I mean, just find what works for you and soak it in, soak it up, you know, let it heal you and take care of you. Yeah, that's such a great point that there's no right or wrong way to be outdoorsy and to connect with the outdoors, whether that's going outside for your daily walk, Mm -hmm. working in your garden, taking weekend trips to the beach, anytime you can be in nature, breathing fresh air, and gaining a new perspective, I think that that counts. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. It's funny because somebody asked me the other, the other day and they're like, what's the difference between a hike and walking? <laughs> I said, there's not really that much of a difference. Maybe just where you do it, right? Because I mean, even in Atlanta, you have uh, paved trails in the city. So whether you want to do a city hike or you want to do, you know, something that's a little bit more like in the woods and in the forest. 
again, just find what works for you and, and get out there. <laughs> oh, don't be afraid. Absolutely. Totally. And to start small. Yeah. I'm from the Pacific Northwest, which is an area that is known for nature, yeah. people being outdoorsy oh, and being wait. in nature. And have you ever been? No, to I, the Pacific so Northwest? I've, I've been the, f- I've been to LA and that's literally the furthest mm-hmm. I've like gone as far as, but I cannot wait. Cause I really, it's my goal. <laughs> it's one of my goals to be out there because yes. it's gorgeous out there. So yeah, I'm really excited about that. Maybe I'll come visit. <laughs> you would love it. Yes. You would love it. Washington, Oregon. And what's interesting, I, I lived in Washington the first 30 years of my life. I mean, I maybe went hiking <laughs> maybe three times in my entire life. Right. I I just, I never really did it. And I think a lot of it is because the demographics of that region, the Pacific exactly. Northwest is very yeah. white. Mm-hmm. And so you are not very likely to see other black people out on a trail or doing those things. And so it was just something that I did assume that we didn't do. And then when I moved to California, although it doesn't necessarily have the same types of nature as the Pacific Northwest, mm-hmm. It did feel more accessible. There are trails all around the city. And every time I go, I see a bunch of Black people on trails mm-hmm. and doing the things and at the beach when I go. And so it's interesting moving here to a region that is, on paper, probably less outdoorsy, has actually helped me connect with nature so much more right. than growing up in an area that is more traditionally outdoorsy. No, I think that, like you said, if you don't see yourself represented it's going to affect your perspective. And that's another reason why, like right now, we're working to establish chapters um, all over the country. So at this time, we have ambassadors in Georgia, North Carolina, Alabama, Florida, and Colorado. But we're going to start taking um, on more ambassadors in other states. And that will allow for people who are out there like you were and may not see themselves represented or may not feel comfortable going hiking by themselves to have that community. I do know of a lady who is in Washington and she applied to be an ambassador. So I look forward to that. It's kind of a a pacing thing too, because I'd like to be at the first hike for each woman just to make sure that they're comfortable. So at this time, (laughs) I'm going to the Birmingham hike the Jacksonville hike. I'll be in Colorado in a few months for that and Greensboro. So we are working our way around. And I do want anybody who's listening to know that we definitely want to make sure that everybody will have a ambassador in their state at some point. And then who knows, maybe we'll expand globally. I've already had an offer to have an ambassador in in Germany. So, and in Ghana. (laughs) Yes. Which is really dope. Um, I, I'm sure it'll come at some point, yes. but you know, baby steps, baby steps. Absolutely. But that's, that's absolutely brilliant. Having those chapters where, where people can connect with other outdoorsy black women where they are and have a chance to lead and be in that community. I'm so excited. I'm so excited for, for your community to be expanding in those ways. That's beautiful. Thank you. And you know, Sometimes we do just fun things with our hikes. Like last weekend, we we participated in Black Fay Day. So a few of us dressed up as black fairies. And I dressed up as a woodland fairy because fairies in the woods. I mean, 
it made sense to me. But it's also yeah. when you start looking at things. Makes sense to me. Right. When you start thinking about <laughs> things like fairies or mermaids, they're all part of like nature and, you know, lore. And it just brings out another element. And it's kind of like what you said. When we were kids, we had such a good time outdoors. We like it's some of the best memories of a lot of our lives, right? And I really want to allow for these women to just get back to that, enjoying themselves. So whether we do some neon hikes, we have twerking trails coming up, you know, and yes, <laughs> that's, again, just another way to recognize that you get to work outside and have fun and enjoy the outdoors in our way. That's what it's about. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to it. That's... <laughs> I am like cheesing ear to ear just hearing you describe these things because people can show up as they are with what they're interested in. If they're like twerking trails, that's my thing. Or if it's like, I love lore, I love fairies, and I'm super excited to live that out and show up as I am and express this interest. I think that's also important because then people don't feel like they need to change or put on an act or pretend to be something they're not to be in these spaces. Absolutely. And I think that's what's important. So. Something really cool that I love about the community is there, you know, other women can create their own groups. So we have a group on there called Outdoorsy, which is for our LGBTQ community. And I love that because, like you said, nobody feels like they have to change themselves to be part of Outdoorsy Black women. And, you know, people have asked me before, they're like, well, how are you defining Black women? And I say it's for all Black women. So that includes Black trans women, that includes non-binary people if they feel comfortable in spaces that are centered around Black women. So, you know, I want this community to be positive and and healing for us. And and I want it, I want people to feel welcome and like they can be themselves. So I think that's important. Oh, yes. I I think that that just can't be overstressed how important that is. And I love that you brought it back to it being a, being a healing space, the community being a healing space, the outdoors being a healing space, because that's that's really the goal of this series is to discuss different ways that, that we can heal that we may not have thought of. You know, we see a lot of Instagram graphics about right. healing and what it means to heal. And sometimes that can be super helpful. And sometimes what can be really helpful is putting your phone down and, and going outside. And we, we want to empower people to time. do both. Yeah. And, and I think that's what it, I love yeah. that you said that, that it's okay to do both. Because I think a lot of times people think you have mm -hmm. to go on one extreme or the other. And again, it goes back to just finding that balance that works for you. A lot of times people will ask me what I do for fun out here. And so I tell them, I'm like, I know that I live an RV lifestyle, but it's my full-time life. So that doesn't mean I don't watch TV. Like I still have cable guys, <laughs> but it also <laughs> means that I still make sure I make time to get my daily, you know, breath of fresh air or take some time. I'll turn off like, you know, my TV's off right now, turn off my TV, turn off my iPad and all of those things. And just kind of either step outside, go for a walk, go to a state park, 
And then, like I said, it's sometimes it's as simple as laying on my bed. And if it's raining, leaving the door open and just letting that lull me and really like center me. So I think that's important. It doesn't have to be hard and it doesn't have to cost you money (laughs) to get that level of healing that you want either. Absolutely. I think some of the things that can help our healing the most don't, don't cost anything because they're working as intended. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm big on tea. I think you heard me mention that. I don't know if it's because I'm from England or not, but I drink a lot of tea. And so like an interesting (laughs) thing about that, and I would love, I think it's important to talk about this too, because I mean, we're, we're all black girls on here, right? So uh, we did talk about me being on my cycle and I'm okay with talking about that because it's something that comes up and it's been a question before and people say, well, how do you deal with your cycle while you're on the road? And I will be honest, mm-hmm. I it took me a while to find what worked for me and kind of going into reading what those like other products were doing to my body. I recognized that when I made the switch from traditional pads to a cup, which is what I use now, one I'm in the camper. I don't have trash cans and all that stuff like around. So, and then you don't want to keep waste like that in the camper because animals. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. you really have to think about how to make those lifestyle changes. But what I recognize is when I started to use a cup, my cycle actually lasts less time than it used to. And even though I still deal with cramps, they're not as intense as they used to be. And a lot of that, again, can be trace to what I'm eating. And then the other thing is like right now I'm drinking ginger tea. So kind of just helping with those things and finding more ways to kind of get that healing without having to take like medicines and things like that unless necessary. And I had it pretty bad when I was younger. They tried to put me on birth control and things like that to regulate because it was so bad. I was having periods that lasted Mm -hmm. 10 to 14 days before. And now, like I said, switching oh to my gosh. yeah, switch, switching to the cup now for me, short is five to seven days, and so I'm like, okay, cool, I'm blessed. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> I so appreciate that you share that, though, because I think that those are the important things to talk about, right? For for those of us who have cycles, who could be curious in living in different ways, but two just how much more connected to your body it sounds like you are. And that's something that could apply to anybody, regardless of where they are, that that changing your approach to better modify your lifestyle, kind of being on the road, it helps that, but it's also helped you be more in touch with yourself and, and with how your body works and what your body responds to positively. Powerful. You know, I'll even take that a step further. The moon cycles. My body, like I recognize, yes. I can tell when there's a full moon coming just by how my body's feeling. Yes. And even right now when I was talking about just the energy of everything, my cycle actually started early because of the eclipse energy. So <laughs> just talking about like when you get here and you start to connect and you pay attention, like I said, stuff that seemed like, oh, it's just so woo-woo. Even if you're not into those things, you start to realize like, oh, wait, hold up. My body is connected to these things. And then you you recognize it and you say, you know what? I am part of nature. 
why would I not be connected yes. to these things? You know, it, it makes sense. We're oh, all energy. Yeah. And the more you start to, like when you talked about grounding and the studies behind it, the more you start to read the studies, it makes sense. Like the earth already has energy. You can feel it coursing through you. You're, you're connecting with it and wearing rubber soles and sneakers. It's just like having a tire on a, on a car when it, you know, lightning strikes, it doesn't affect the car because of the rubber. So you're not getting all of the energy from mm-hmm. the earth when you're wearing those shoes. There's so much. <laughs> I'm sure we could talk about it forever, but it's amazing when you kind of unlock these things and you allow yourself to enjoy what's already here. And you start realizing, wow, like if left alone, the earth would take care of us if we were good to the earth. I have crystals in my camper. That's a mic drop. (laughs) Right. I have crystals in my camper. Yes. This is one of my favorites. Oh my gosh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Well, can you tell I love purple? So of course, amethyst. I do have some citrine (laughs) in here and I do, I have, let's see, some quartz. A lot of my perspective has changed over the years because of just allowing myself to be connected and recognizing that my body does feel different when I open myself up to that connection with mother nature. Yeah. Yeah. Can we talk a bit more about those perspective shifts and and some of the healing that's been a, a result of that? Did you at first have maybe some resistance there that you had to lead into or were you always just ready to fully lean into it? Ooh, that's a big question. There we go. See this? This is this is what happens <laughs> yes. when you're melting. So yeah, I'm. I can definitely talk about that. I think it's interesting because so you grow up, especially for a lot of us, you grow you grow up in like black church, right? <laughs> and I actually still consider myself to be a follower of Christ, is what I would say. I don't know if I identify as quote unquote Christian, but a follower of Christ. So one of my best friends calls me a witchy Christian. I don't know. You take that. <laughs> But it's funny. I like yeah, it. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, okay, I will go with that. But I think that yeah. when you're growing up in black church and you're growing up in the church, which for me was a really interesting journey because being that I went to Catholic school as a young girl. So I went to Catholic school. My grandmother was Methodist. My parents went to Celestial Church, which was a Nigerian type of church at one point. And then I grew up in the South. So I went to Baptist church, a Southern Baptist church. Let me clarify. There's a difference. You've, you've experienced it all. I have, I have seen, you know, and as a kid, I was very curious about religion. I was very curious because I wanted to understand it. But that same neighbor that taught me about gardening when I was younger, he gave me an amethyst crystal when I was a kid. and that's another reason why amethyst is still one of my favorites. And I remember thinking back then as a child, I'm like, this is so precious, but I can feel like it's so important. And I connected with that crystal even as a, as a child. And I didn't understand why I did, but I, I knew I was just like, so I was, I would protect it. And then as you get older, like I said, you go through church and they tell you all of these things are one way and all of these things are one way. So you're having to kind of like, pick and choose in most circumstances. But for me, as my relationship grew more and more, and I felt like it became less about religion 
and more about the actual relationship and spiritual connection with God for me, my views changed and they kind of transitioned into understanding that as long as I had my relationship with Father for me, or some might say the universe, which I I refer both ways. Yeah, as long as I had my relationship, then the rest kind of fell into place for me. I remember the first time I walked into a crystal store, I felt high off of all of the energy. And for me, these were things that could not be denied. Like, I'm like, no, I'm feeling this. I can, my body was tingling, you know, and I'm like, okay, I get that people don't believe, but I can't argue with what I'm experiencing and feeling right now. So it's an interesting thing because I, again, I love the name of your podcast because I feel like that's the way I operate my life with a lot of balance. I have Bible study and church group with my church, my women's church group on Sundays. But yet when moon rituals come around, I do my moon rituals and I do all of these things. Mm -hmm. So for me, that's the way that my spirituality works. And I've been able to have both. Yeah. I, I absolutely love that and can relate to so much of that. And what you described that I really appreciated was just having a sense of curiosity and just having a sense of openness and also listening to your body and listening to what you're feeling and understanding the different signals and feelings that you're getting. It's really, really important. And I, I love that you shared that. Thank you. It's it's an interesting thing because you, I feel like the more you grow in your relationship, the more comfortable you are talking about it, right? So I do appreciate you asking me about mm-hmm. that because my faith is really important to me. And to be honest with you, without my faith, I wouldn't have started Outdoorsy Black Women because I was led to do so. <laughs> I'm like, are you sure yeah. that's what you want me to do? I'm like, okay, cool. This makes sense. I understand why yes. I need to do it. And, you know, here we are. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. And those times when you you follow those divine assignments, it's it's just, it's it's a, a different feeling. I had a, a very similar experience with Balanced Black Girl, where I was sitting at an old job years ago, and God was like, start a podcast, name it Balanced Black Girl. And I was like, okay, right. probably. <laughs> I'm a little hard-headed. Probably one a few times I've been so obedient so quickly, because I'm still a work in progress. That's okay. We all are, right? <laughs> but those divine assignments... Yes, those divine assignments, when we take them, can be just a really beautiful experience of learning and growth and hopefully building community and helping other people as well. I I appreciate you sharing that truly because I can tell that you get it. And I remembered having a conversation with a friend recently and just saying that I'm so thankful that God trusted me with this vision and trusted me with this community because when you're building a community like we are, it deserves to be preserved and protected and cultivated and nurtured. And so you better be ready to do the work. <laughs> I think that's like a big thing. Like you, you can't really go into it halfway. You have to be willing to take everything that's going to come with it. And let's be real. When you're building something for black women, it makes a lot of people uncomfortable. And so again, you better be prepared. <laughs> so I, I am thankful knowing that 
I was led to do this because I feel like it also made it so that different doors have been opened for me and things have fallen into place with that obedience, as I'm sure you can relate to. So yeah, it's, it's been a journey and I'm excited to see what's coming next for outdoorsy black women. We definitely want to do wine and waterfalls weekend as our flagship event. So it'll be something that's annual. But like I said, we have twerk and trails coming for the ladies in July. It'll be in Atlanta. And then after that, we're going to be doing something called Sips and Saddles, which is going to be working with a black woman owned ranch here in Georgia. So that is going to be fun because I love horses. And again, Not everybody has had the opportunity to ride a horse, be around horses. And when you do get up close to a horse, you can be intimidated. So just being able to provide that safe space. And what I love about Keisha, she runs Bella's Barn. She is very big on safety. So, and it's, you know, a black Mm -hmm. woman, she gets it. So she's going to take care of us. So I'm really excited about that. Oh my gosh. I'm excited. I'm like, do I need to come? I need to just need to come uh, down to Georgia yeah. and participate. <laughs> you definitely do. So like, you know, for Wine and Waterfalls weekend, we were blessed to be sponsored by REI. And that made a lot of difference in being able to execute the vision that I, the way that I wanted it. Probably the smoothest event that possibly could have ever happened. When you talk about positivity and healing, there I don't know what it is, but people have this misconception that when you get a bunch of women together, there's going to be drama. There was absolutely no drama, just love, nothing but love and positivity. And I was telling someone that when you have a group of women that are on one accord and they really truly believe in positivity and healing and sisterhood, you're not going to deal with a lot of that. And really, everybody was just excited to see themselves represented and excited to be able to connect with other outdoorsy black women. So it was so much fun. So I hope that you'll be able to come out for the next one next year. For sure. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. And I love what you just shared about your community. I think it's just a testament to when people are gathering with the intention of positivity. And when that's what's watered, that is what is going to grow. And uh, yeah, it's yeah, the energy that you put out connect in a way that's beautiful. Right. The energy you put out yes. is what you're going to get. And we, I mean, it was good food. You know, we, we were feeding your stomachs, your soul, your spirit, all of that was there. Even on the last day we did a prayer, but again, like I said, we did yoga and it was just, like I said, it was after the event, I think you, you can relate, but when you're planning a major event, usually you feel mentally exhausted afterwards. And I can say that I didn't feel, I felt refreshed. Oh, the best. So Toyan, how can our listeners get involved with Outdoorsy Black Women? If they're interested in being an ambassador, how can they learn more about meetups and join the community? How do they get involved? So the best way to get involved is to join the community at OutdoorsyBlackWomen.com. We also have an app which is available in the iOS app store or the Android app store, and it is Outdoorsy Black Women. It's free to join the community. So no worries there, but our, we have our free hikes monthly. 
So again, we are working on getting ambassadors in each state. And as we add more ambassadors, we're going to be bringing more hikes across the country. I'm looking forward to that. And if you're looking to be an ambassador yourself, you can actually apply at outdoorsyblackwomen.com forward slash chapters. And that'll give you a big view of the United States chapter map. We have things split up into about six regions, seven with our off mainland regions. And then you can apply for the state that you're in and, and go from there. And of course, if you are Amazing. just listening to the podcast and you're not an outdoorsy black woman, you can um, support us by following us on social media at outdoorsy black women. That is perfect. <laughs> I will make sure we have all of that information linked in the show notes uh, so that people can check out outdoorsy black women, join the community, yeah. follow on social. I have one more question, just in terms of, you know, resources. Also, if we have is listeners who are interested in van life, interested in connecting with other Black women in that space, do you have any suggestions there? I do. So it's actually really funny because we have a Diversify Van Life group on Outdoorsy Black Women. We also have a group on Outdoorsy Black Women called Black Schoolie Girls. So, and then there's a group for... <laughs> um for car campers and van campers. So there's there's different types of nomads as I'm an, an RVer, but you can have car campers and you have Jeep lifers and van lifers. So the community does have a wide variety. And if you're interested in any any of the, the different types of nomad life, you'll be able to find uh, where you fit in. And of course, I'm on the app in the community at Toyin, T-O-Y-I-N. And you're more than welcome to ask me any questions that you have about van life or RV life. <laughs> so, yeah. Perfect. Amazing, amazing. Appreciate you creating that space and facilitating those conversations so that people can, can learn more. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me all. Oh, I'm excited. This has been, like I said, it's just been oh. like, talking to a girlfriend and I really appreciate that and I've just been tingling most of it so good vibes <laughs> oh, oh the best vibes I so appreciate you being here okay so make sure you check out the amazing work Toyin is doing with outdoorsy black women and hit her up if you're interested in leading a chapter near you you will find her information linked in the show notes I hope this episode inspired you to deepen your connection in nature and tap back in with that younger version of yourself who found joy in playing outside. Head to the show notes for more information about today's episode and links to all the resources mentioned. And don't forget to join us for the Summer Solstice Journaling Challenge to reset and refocus for the second half of the year. You can join us at balanceblackgirl.com slash solstice to start journaling with us right away. It's completely free to sign up and we would love to have you. Huge thanks to our sponsor, Open, for helping us stay present and offering our community 30 days free. Head to the show notes to start your free trial of my favorite meditation app, Open. Meditating with them has been life-changing, so don't miss out on your free month of their incredible platform. Next week, we are wrapping up the Modalities of Healing series, talking about healing through rest, and I'll be sharing what's next for me and Balanced Black Girl before taking off for summer vacation. So hit subscribe on your favorite podcasting app and I'll see you next week.